Welcome to the Prodigal and the Priest podcast, a podcast about faith, sports, and two friends from different cultures. Here are your hosts, Joey Scansella and Father Paul Bechter. <laughs> what are you doing? I don't know. I was I was counting some beats and stuff in our intro and counting it on my fingers and then got Did you do music in in grade school or high school? I did, yeah. I What'd you play? studied music. I played trumpet. Um, I was a trumpeter. And then I didn't like the way that made my face look because it made it turn very red whenever I played. <laughs> and I would get embarrassed about it. And so it turned more red. And you couldn't grow a beard yet? Nah. Well, I could actually. <laughs> you were born like <laughs> this. <laughs> no, when I was 15, like I could I could grow a pretty solid Yeah, beard. I bet. I, yeah. Um, but Italian blood. Don't you have some Italian blood uh, in you? It's it's German, German, English, and German Irish, and Italians. There we Northern, go. Northern, Northern Italian, uh, Northern European kind of thing. But then I switched to, to piano, and I played piano for quite a while. Mm. Too. My grandfather went to Juilliard for trumpet. Whoa! Yeah, he was like deal. legit. Yeah. So sweet. There you go. One up on that. Boom. And his name was Joe Scanella, which I've told you this Confusing. right. My mother's maiden name was Scanella. And mine's Scansella, one letter difference. Crazy. Are you sure that it wasn't just the same name and then when they came over to the States, no. like Ellis Island changed it a little bit? No. The Italian immigration wave? No, no. Because my dad's family was from Northern Italy and my mom's family was from Sicily. Pretty far apart, but not impossible. True, true. I have family in Iowa. No, Idaho. <laughs> Wait. Okay, one of the I states. <laughs> there you go. So I want to recap Idaho. for our listeners the World Series. The last time they yeah, heard us, right. we got to go to the World Series. It was amazing. It, it was awesome. It was amazing. Thank you to the anonymous uh, donor of the uh, getting us the tickets and amazing. So great. De- definitely a bucket list thing. I would encourage all fans of baseball to try to get to a World Series game if it's somewhere in a town near them, even if it's not their team, because neither of our yeah. teams were in it. Yeah. That's and a good it was point. still amazing. Yeah. We did not care about the Dodgers or the Rays at all. Really? At least I didn't care. Yeah. No. Um, I actually don't even really like either team. Yeah. To I be honest. Really either. Um, I don't care about the Rays and I don't particularly like the Dodgers. Right. Like the whole the LA dog. city of champions now and all that so stuff. It kind of makes you want to throw up. Yeah. Kind of. Um, yeah. But I was rooting for the Dodgers because I wanted to see the world series end in game six while we were there. Yes. And that made it even more awesome. Which was then interesting that the biggest news of the whole entire game came out <laughs> on our way turn. leaving, which was the third baseman of the Dodgers test positive during the game for COVID. They remove him, but apparently he came out on the field an hour later during the celebration, was seen with his mask off and a group photo, all of this stuff. And I was more people texted me about that than being at the game. <laughs> See, I didn't. I was expecting a bunch of concerned emails when people saw me at mass this weekend because you um, were a mile away from I was Justin a Turner. Full mile away in the stadium in the in the they weren't exactly nosebleeds, but they were a little nosebleeds. Right, it was the highest section, but the first row yeah, of the first highest row section of the top section, which was on the nice. right field foul pole. It was awesome. 
Yeah. But but I just I I just assumed that I was gonna get concerned emails and when I didn't, it really kinda hurt me. <laughs> that, <laughs> that nobody seemed to care. I'll send you a concerned email. <laughs> Here are reflections from the event. I can only imagine that stadium at capacity at that same game. Because yeah. it was maybe you commented on it, the guy sitting next to me. It was like a Dodgers home game. Mm-hmm. Everybody. And I, I was asking him, I was like, why are there so many Dodgers fans? He's a lot of Californians in Dallas, man. Yeah, I didn't realize that. That that's a thing. It's cheaper to live here. Cheaper to live here. And it's, you know, better. I will agree with you on that. Yes. I I mean, can't California technically, like with the San Andreas fall fall off? The United States. <laughs> I mean, God forbid, but we are in 2020. Still, Everything else. Still for a while. We're in 2020. Everything yeah. else bad has happened. So, but that was weird. Yeah. It, it, tons of Dodgers fans. Everybody pretty much besides this little section behind us. Right. It was weird being like a third of the stadium, though. It was a little weird. It didn't make it feel like game six of the World Series. Right. Because stadium felt a little bit like a ghost town like i got a hot dog it was glorious this ballpark hot dog mm-hmm. that was pre-packaged and everything so yeah. nobody had to touch anything right um and put covid on we both uh, had the chicken tenders as well not as high quality great, but, but you, know. you know yeah but exactly. the bluebell ice oh, cream float ice cream that we float did. was an enormous amount of sugar uh, it was about seventh inning stretch. Yeah. Time. Yeah. And stretch and go get a, although a little disappointed, I'll put this out to Texas Rangers PR. Cause I know they're listening. You offer blue, blue bell floats. No root beer, not a root know, beer choice. Right? I got Dr. Pepper float, <laughs> which is fine. Right. I'm all about Dr. Pepper. If yeah. I drink sodas, but root beer float is the thing. Right. So, was that not weird to you too? There's got to be okay. enough brands of root beer where they could find somebody to, exactly to license with them or whatever. Right. Um. Anyway, going back to get the food, there was barely anybody back there, and when you're up in the 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 nosebleeds, <laughs> if you will, um, like just seeing huge sections empty, um or intentionally empty and this like buffer between the field and the mm-hmm. fans and they had some of the cardboard cutouts right yeah lower like really in those section yeah. yeah um so it did have kind of an empty feel which made especially for the kind of pitching duel aspect to the first half of the game before they pulled out Snell. yeah <laughs> um it it didn't feel like game six of the world series until right. it got closer to the end yeah and Mookie bets went off and all that. Six six inning on, the Dodger fan just louder and louder and louder yeah. and Standing louder. Standing on their seats. Get up. Get up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? No, that's get what up. up. That's what Which doing. really brings us to the reflection about our faith, which we both had walking out of the stadium. I remember saying it to you, and we both said, we need to podcast on this next time. So if you're still with us, those non-sports fans... We both had this reflection because we stayed till the end. We saw him, you know, give the trophy, all of that. We didn't like specifically watch the trophy, trophy presentation, but we saw him rolling out yeah, everything, they, they getting brought all that. everything out, and then we're like, "All right, let's get out of here." I mean, 
we saw fans going crazy, calling people, you know, some are shouting, hollering, some, that guy we passed, he was probably in his 50s, 60s, he is sobbing, being like, we did it, we won. Pointing to this big ring he's wearing, he's like, we got one of these. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a real ring? Is that a fake (laughs) ring? I was so confused. Get that out of an arcade. Like somebody's proposing to his girlfriend right yeah. by the entrance. Yeah, I was like, this person's proposing. There's news people interviewing Dodgers fans, being like, how far you came. People are just hysterical and all of that. And we both thought the same thing. This is all a lot of people have to live for. <laughs> like that was their like best in life. Like they were totally identified with that experience and we both could not imagine being so invested into something that we would go that crazy uh or even if we did that we still know there's something more in life right no that's what i mean like a a certain detachment from earthly anything right (laughs) success failure and we're not over here saying that like we've got it all together and perfect attachment and all that right it's not that but far enough along to at least feel like it's a little ridiculous right, right. i almost like, worry really? about this and maybe it would have been worth to see it but what would have happened if they would have lost <laughs> you right? know what reaction would have that evoked in them um, and it made me think of something, and I know you're a big book reader, so I wanted to bring in something. I've been doing this book with um, a group of guys. It's called Humility Rules, and it's it's a cool little book because the monk who wrote it, he takes all different pictures of monks and like dresses them up into different things. But anyway, right. it's based on uh, St. Benedict's 12-step guide to genuine self-esteem, okay? And... It's based off. Sorry. Yes, it's based on the <laughs> rule of Saint Benedict. I apologize. I apologize. Yeah, it's based, it's based on off the rule of Saint Benedict, Benedict, which has a whole section on humility, which details. Right. Steps sorry, that is the humility. title of the book. Yes. Um, <laughs> but I want to read a quote from it. Saint Benedict, like fourteen hundred years. Wait, no, fifteen, sixteen hundred. years. And he wrote a twelve-step guide. Twelve-step. <laughs> <laughs> Benedict, 12-step guide to self-esteem. Actually, this is a quote from JP2. Founder of Western monasticism. (laughs) Okay, anyway. On step six, which in this book is on serenity. Yeah. Okay. The author says this. The longer you live by St. Benedict's advice, the more sense all this will make. You may take pleasure in something, food, music, art, sports, films, and the experience is agreeable but temporary. There's nothing wrong with seeking out such experiences. In fact, the Bible recommends it. It says, it quotes in a class... Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes. Thank you. I went to uh, I went to college. Don't worry. Ecclesiastes eight fifteen. Yeah. I I commend enjoyment for man has no good thing under the sun but to eat and drink and enjoy himself. Ecclesiastes eight fifteen. Stop shaking your head. Just enjoy the quote. Okay. So clearly, there's nothing wrong with having fun, but take note of the under the sun. Okay, 
Presumably, there are things even more worthy of seeking beyond the sun, like heaven, virtue, truth, and above all, our God. And I just think that hits on it, right? That's the point that we're trying to make. There's nothing wrong with loving sports. We love sports. There's nothing wrong with enjoying things like that and watching games and even rejoicing when your team wins. But there's so much more in our Lord Jesus Christ. The Cowboys this week. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we can't even put stock in the NFC East. Y'all lost worse. Y'all lost less less badly than we did that game. We didn't really win. No team won (laughs) until we're over 500. Wentz was terrible. Yeah, he was terrible. But. You and know, I can rejoice in that. There, a yeah. Detachment. Yeah. We play fantasy football. We watch sports. We oh, do all these things. My soul. Yep. Exactly. But it's nothing compared to seeking our Lord. And it goes right in right hand in hand with a huge topic today. We record on Tuesday, November mm. the third, election day. Which you would think that people are making it that whoever is elected as the president is going to be able to be the next savior of the world. <laughs> It sounds like it. It sounds like it a lot. Like, and, and okay, we're not hear what we're saying, right? Sports are important. Yeah. They're important to us. I get devastated when the Cowboys lose. And I know that's just a game. Right. Politics are way more important than sports. This is very important. Right. But this is not to the level of Lord of the World type stuff. Like, Right. Yeah, it's it's just this world is passing away. Um, and that's what it made me think of when we were yeah, walking yeah. through that stadium leaving. There was great joy and excitement. And I was like, man, I crossed something off my bucket list. But the other thing was, could you imagine if these people had the same passion for Jesus Christ? Yeah. Like what? Was. How our world and faith would be changed slash... And I know because we just talked about this that you hate clapping in church, so I'm going to toss you under the bus. But could you imagine if that's how people acted, being able to receive the Eucharist, being able to experience the transformation of the Holy Spirit and our our Lord? Yeah. That excitement, seeing their kids baptized. Yeah. That excitement, seeing their kids receive first communion. Losing your mind like those Dodgers fans. Yeah. Yeah. But no, you see like six-year-old men weeping. Probably like they've never weeped in their life, not even at the birth of their children or something like that. And yet, you know, it's sad and it's a challenge to all of us that we have of what are we putting before God? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No, what other thoughts a, do you have? I mean, it's just... Okay, so there's this uh, this letter... From the the very early church, it's called the letter to Diognetus. It's called the twelve step letter the to Diognetus. To Diognetus and self esteem. <laughs> and I wonder if I can pull it up real quick because it is tremendous. And I just used it in the homily a little while ago, and so that's why it's fresh on my mind. But it also shows up in the Office of Readings, part of the Liturgy of the Hours. Well, uh, that was from your homily on Sunday. Uh, no, it was before that. It was the one on uh, give to Caesar what is mm-hmm. due to Caesar and to God what is due to God. Which I guess why you pull that up a little promo. If you'd ever like to see some past homilies or masses or our podcast as well, 
subscribe to our St. Anne YouTube page. Um, that's the best way to stay in touch with those things. And we do post the homilies and the masses from the weekend. Yeah. Yeah, definitely go check those out at whatever our webpage is. St. <laughs> Anneparish.org. Um, so the, the Vatican website actually has it up there, and it subtitles it, The Christian in the World. And I think that's an appropriate uh, subtitle because that's like this is describing the tension um, between between being a citizen of heaven and knowing that this world is passing away, but also knowing that we have responsibilities and that what happens in this world really matters yeah. and that we have to be invested. And so like on this election day, that's really important, right? And that was kind of my the, the point of the homily is like, we belong totally to God yeah. and we owe everything back to him. Um, but that doesn't excuse us from having any civil responsibility or anything like that. Like we have to be that much more engaged, but also detached and it's the whole tension. So here's, here's some excerpts from the letter. He starts off by saying that Christians are indistinguishable from other people in the world. They don't have like, separate cities or speak a strange dialect or follow some outlandish way of life that that there's sort of like christians everywhere and you don't necessarily know by looking at them um and then he goes on and yet there is something extraordinary about their lives they live in their own countries as though they were only passing through they play their full role as citizens but labor under all the disabilities of foreigners any country can be their homeland, but for them, their homeland, wherever it may be, is a foreign country. Like others, they marry and have children, but they do not expose them. They share their meals, but not their wives, contrasting with paganism at the time. They live in the flesh, but they are not governed by the desires of the flesh. They pass their days upon earth, but they are citizens of heaven. Obedient to the laws, they yet live on a level that transcends the law. Christians love all men, but all men persecute them. And then he goes, in, it sort of takes a turn from there, but with the same kind of thing. And then to speak in general terms, we must say that the Christian is to the world what the soul is to the body, which is a really, uh, let me skip a little bit. Christians love those who hate them just as the soul loves the body and all its members despite the body's hatred. This kind of Pauline image of mm -hmm. doing what I don't want to do. Right. There's a war. Um, such is the Christian's lofty and divinely appointed function from which he is not permitted to excuse himself. It's, it's awesome. Like it, it really captures that tension, which is hard to describe in a sentence. And so you need kind of like three paragraphs from an early Christian <laughs> author um, to, to get it. But, or maybe you can describe it in a sense. Hmm. Um, we're in the world, but not of it. Yeah. JP, JP too. All the time. <laughs> Always um, comes back to and, JP too. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's like, I think that's, that's helpful with the election because this election is tremendously important. It's something to really care about, but not to lose our minds, let alone our souls about. Yeah. Right. Um, and, I mean, whoever gets elected, we need to pray for them. Like, what better thing for 
bringing about justice and peace and the kingdom of God than for a world leader to undergo a deep conversion. Mm -hmm. Like that should be our prayer all the time. Yeah. Uh, But especially right now. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Those are some thoughts. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know, man. I don't know. Our hopes in the Lord, right? I think that's the point of everything today. And to say among that, being able to witness the world series, encountering this election, and how volatile the nation is right now, or it feels. We still have a Lord who won the war. <laughs> like he's won everything. Yeah. He's defeated death. We have a savior, you know? And that first Peter 315 is big. It's always been big for me personally. When the pandemic started, it continues of, you know, always be ready to give the reason for the hope you have in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Mm-hmm. We need that more than ever tomorrow. Yeah. Today. Today for all you who are listening. Right. Today. Yeah, today. Us. Yeah, everybody but us. Because and somebody put it on their Instagram post, but because guess what? Tomorrow your neighbor is still going to be your neighbor. Your friends are still going to be your friends. Like these other people that you don't know are still going to be the other people you don't know. And some may know Christ, some may not know Christ. And what are we spending our time doing? Are we spending our time actually getting to know and influence the people we can? So, I don't know. I don't know, man. Um, I don't know. All right. We haven't done it in a while. Reading, watching, thinking. Okay. (laughs) I love how you respond that way because that means two things. One, you never really know what I plan for the podcast. You just kind (laughs) of come along for the I ride very much along for the ride and second it just brings me great joy when you're like "Ooh, i like that so yeah, i can tell okay. um, glad. so uh let me go first okay yeah you've already got your answer you came with props um I see our youtube channel to verify uh i am reading just barely starting but i'm reading the life of saint anthony by saint athanasius um i preach saint anthony of padua of Egypt. Oh, okay. Anthony of Egypt. Just wanted father, to add that distinction. The father of monasticism. Sometimes Ooh. called Antony without the H, but I don't think that's a an, a real distinction. I think that's just a regional thing. Anyway. Yeah. Um, Antony. <laughs> extremely important figure. I've read this before. It had a big impact on me. But in, in my homily uh, on Sunday... I talked about the power of like one witness to affect so many lives and like how Saint Augustine. Saint, saints create saints. And so the story of St. Augustine and his conversion and like the effect that St. Anthony of Egypt had on St. Augustine so much later um, and how that story got passed from all these different people and made its way to St. Augustine and then had this huge impact on him. Um, so after I preached that, I was like, you know, I ought to go back and read that again. Like, because I, I read it a long time ago before I entered seminary, uh, the summer before. Follow up question, yeah. though. Not talking about texts that you're looking for, like information on biblical text or something like that. So not research like books, but books like this. How often do you reread? Ooh, good follow up. Um, because I don't really 
reread most books. There's a few I can count on like one hand being like, oh, I've reread this book. I've got a bigger list of rereads because there's some things that are like classics that you just keep going back to. Um, I have many books on my sort of mental to be reread list. Like I ought to read this every year kind of thing. And that's, it's too big a list to be manageable, but, um, like Augustine's confessions, I think I've read three times, three or four times. Um, and it's still been a long time since I've read that. Um, and that's on the perpetual reread list. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's a book called on the love of learning and the desire for God, uh, by Jean Leclerc, a Benedictine. Um, and it is excellent. It had a really big impact on me when I read it. Uh, that's on the reread list. There's there's some others, there's but some, that list yeah. can't be that big. Right. Um, I think Lord of the Rings is always sort of like available to be reread. Um, it's good, man. You got you to gotta read the book. I did. <laughs> Why'd you give it that look then? You're, you know, like, it, it, it goes right. back to what we were talking about short before like, this is the people that have issues with Harry Potter, but don't have issues with Lord of the Rings, which we'll do on another different worldviews. Yeah, they're different. Whatever. We'll, we'll, t we'll talk about that yeah. in another podcast. Okay. So reading, watching. Uh, I'm not watching. Oh yeah. I watched some of the Bermuda open. The PGA golf tournament was this last weekend was held in Bermuda at a course that I grew up playing, a public course in Bermuda. Whoa. Port Royal Golf Course in Southampton Parish in Bermuda. Very nice. I grew up playing there all the time. And so it was awesome to see it on TV and see these like professional <laughs> golfers getting like blasted by the same winds that, you know, <laughs> that caused me to lose so many golf balls growing up. Nice. Um, thinking, man, uh, Kind of disappointed in my fantasy team. Nobody showed up to play except for Dalvin Cook, who almost carried me to a victory. <laughs> almost scored every single one of your He points. had like 47 points for me. But then other guy had DK Metcalf, who scored like 40. <laughs> um, and the rest of his team showed up to play. So, Which is only fitting because the week before, when I was up in fantasy and you came over to watch a game with my family and I was like, I just need his two players to not do well. And literally, literally as soon as you showed up, greatest game of the season, yeah, like these two players <laughs> scored more than my entire team. <laughs> anyway, whatever. Okay. Reading, watching, thinking I'm reading this book, humility rules. Um, St. Benedict wrote it, uh, 12 yeah. step guide to self esteem, um, watching. Okay. So one of my favorite shows in the past, or I have watched, it was Brooklyn Nine-Nine, for whatever people think of that show. But there is a specific episode every year that is kind of a famous episode called the Halloween episode. Mm -hmm. And they do a certain kind of competition and prank and different stuff like that. And they re-showed all of them for Halloween uh, on TV. Uh, and so I watched that, the Halloween episodes of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. All of them? Yeah. <laughs> And then, and also watching, very interesting, you will find this, Challenger, The Last Flight. So it was about the space, space shuttle, shuttle Challenger that exploded on the way up because there was issues with um, the rocket booster. And so just kind of the process of NASA and the people who did the rocket booster and all that, very fascinating, obviously very sad story about losing, you know, seven people's lives were lost in space that day and going up. And one of them was a, a teacher who they sent up for the first time. Um, uh, 
Kristen McAuliffe and, but a, a well done documentary by Netflix. So I've been watching those things and what am I thinking that, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm excited for, I'm excited for Advent. Me too. I'm getting ready for it. Yeah. Glad. Advent is. Whoa, I just got some emotion that came out of you. No, I'm, I'm all about this. We're all like, oh, Advent, what's that? Oh, wait, it's Christmas. Like, let's, let's take Advent seriously this year. Yeah. Get into it. Let's get into Advent. Maybe we'll do the liturgical thing. Like, yeah, like wear purple and rose. At least you didn't call it pink. Yeah. I just did that for you. I appreciate it. Yeah, maybe we'll do one on Advent. Why why people should care. I mean, yeah. Or just come to church and we'll tell you. <laughs> yeah. One of those. You'll you'll hear it from us somewhere. You'll hear. <laughs> All right. On behalf of Joey Scansella, Father Paul Bechter, we want to say take care. God bless. <laughs>